You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. We are going to have two messages this morning. Um, And it's so funny. uh, We're going to talk about collaboration. So doesn't that work out well? And I invited Michelle Brown to share for just a few minutes. And part of the reason I invited her to share for a few minutes is because I know that the Lord has put a word in her, a preaching anointing in her, that kind of evangelism preaching anointing that she carries. And, you know, we've got to have somewhere to practice in order to be able to be sent out. And Michelle has been with us for probably... I've known her for maybe about three years, you think, Michelle, about that. She had heard me on a podcast, and she started following the gathering, and then she became part of our web church, and then she started coming down from Atlanta every month so she could physically be at church with us. And then God started moving on her to move her here. She left her job. God gave her a promotion, even a greater job, a better job. And uh, every time people would tell her, this is never going to work, God would show up and show off and get her positioned exactly where she should be. When she moved down here, she was going to move to St. Pete because that's where her job is. And people are like, you'll never find a place to live. You'll never be able to be close to your job. She's probably 10 minutes from her job. And, you know, so every obstacle that was put in the way, God was like, that is nothing to me. You're, you're doing what I called you to do, and I'm doing what I promised you I would do. So Michelle finished our school MII, and she was ordained in December by us, and now she is the pastor of our web church. So I'm going to invite her up. I've heard her preach a couple times already. She's bringing her Kleenex. I don't know who's going to... Maybe she's just going to run down the aisles and just pow, pow, pow. So, uh, yeah. So uh, we're just all blessing you, Michelle. We know what you're going to bring is going to be amazing and that God has anointed you and gifted you. She kept sending me these texts. I'm going to be brief. I'm like, now, when I ask you, I didn't say be brief. I said, do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. So she sends me a thing, but I'm going to be brief. I'm like, okay. So I send her a text back tomorrow. I said, follow the spirit. <laughs> so we can't wait to hear what you've got for us. 
Oh, gosh, thank you for that. Amen. Just give it up for Jesus. Y'all know we love Jesus in here. Hallelujah. Thank God for Web Church. Just want to welcome you as well. Thank God for the Web Church members. Thank God for a few of my Web Church members that are in the house on today. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. And I just thank God for the opportunity. And I'm so humbled by her introduction. Pastor Cindy's going to have me cry. But um, so today I want to talk about um, what the Lord gave me. And he gave me, as y'all can see, I am a crier when God touches me. And so um, I brought the Kleenex for me. <laughs> but anyway, I want to talk about being an overcomer. And I don't hang out in the book of Revelations much, but I was hanging out in the book of Revelations and it kept saying, for those who overcome, he will brand you with his name. For those who overcome, you will be a pillar in the house of your God. For those who overcome, you will walk in authority over the nations. For those who overcome, you will live eternally in love and, and his name will be on you in the name of that city of God, which we know is the new Jerusalem. For those who overcome, and I was like, Lord, I want to be an overcomer. I want to be an overcomer, and I know this is going to be a crazy um, uh, correlation, but I was listening to CeCe Winans sing the Star Spangled Banner at some game or whatever, and it kept standing out to me that God kept saying, at the end of that song, you know, the land of the free, but the home of the brave. And he was like, you know what? We have freedom in here, but it doesn't come without bravery. And how do you overcome? You have to take the victory and triumph over those things that the enemy brings at us. Now, I haven't always been saved and I haven't always lived this way. But when I was in the world, I was bold to do the sin that I wanted to do. There was no apprehension with me if I had something that I wanted to go do that was against God. But I don't know why when we get in the kingdom we sit around and we cry about what the enemy is doing but if you want to be an overcomer you've got to stand up shout and give God the glory we just shouted the name of Jesus we shouted the name of Jesus because that name has all power all glory all authority of things in heaven and earth and underneath the earth so on today my scripture and I'm sorry I didn't give it to you all in the back we're gonna come from revelations um you guys I, I wrote it so small because my eyes get so teary I have to kind of memorize what I'm doing. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. I believe that's it because I still can't read my notes. But anyway, um, so we talked about, there we go. And um, a few verses before that, it talks about how do you overcome the, how do we overcome him? We overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. You talk about the people in the Bible, they were bold. They walked out in what God said, regardless of what they were going to face. And I think about in this country and in this place, we have the freedom and liberty to praise God and to, and to lift him up and we can bring our Bibles and we can worship freely every time we want to come in here whether it's online or whatever but there's a change and a shift that's happening in the atmosphere and the Lord's like you've got to contend for your walk you've got to contend to overcome because I'm looking for those you know um the word of their testimony I was thinking about uh second kings chapter five where it talked about and even though this is old testament it still goes with it it talks about Naaman and Naaman, it says that he was, you know, the, 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 the military guy. You know, he was the one that God was giving deliverance through whatever for the enemies of Israel. And it said that they had captive, you know, they had taken this slave girl captive to their house. And I listened in um, verse 3 where it says she was talking to her mistress, but Naaman had leprosy. 
And in his leprosy, she's talking to his wife and she says, oh, that he would be in the presence of the prophet in Israel. He would heal him of his leprosy. She's testifying about God to someone that's holding her captive. She's testifying about God. No, nowhere in that scripture does it say she complained. Nowhere does it say in that scripture that she was on her face like, Lord, why? Why, God, why? Why do I have to serve? They drug her out, a young girl, but she held on to the things that she was taught as that young girl. And she allowed God to speak through her to be a witness for someone that was holding her captive. In our, our terminology, it would be a slave. Now, if it was 2023, they would call that Stockholm Syndrome, where you start having compassion for the person who has captured you when you start uh, um, um, caring about someone that is doing you wrong. And so, you know, but God used her voice and her voice was so powerful that his wife told him and he went to the king and was like, hey, if this is true, send me to get healed of my leprosy. I want it to be gone. And so he goes, and you all, a majority of you know the story. He goes, the prophet doesn't even come out. God lets the prophet know ahead of time, sends a message to Naaman. Naaman is offended because he thought the prophet would come out and do some great thing. He tells him to go, you know, put himself in the water seven times, douse himself seven times. And when he comes up, he'll be clean. And then it takes for Naaman, somebody in his, his circle to say, hey, he was like, I don't want to go dip in the Jordan. It's a nasty river. I don't want to go there. There are other great rivers I could dip in. I, does he know who I am? And the person says to him, hey, if he had told you to go kill a thousand people, do some great thing, you would have done it. He just said, go dip. Let's go try it. So we serve the God that doesn't make sense. But he overcame by her testimony. By her testimony. And you can't convince me that God didn't bless her because obviously they were already on good terms, even though she was held captive. So I'm thinking about people today that are held captive in your mind, held captive by sickness, held captive captive by the grief or death of a child or a loved one, held captive by a lack of finances. What are you saying? Because we overcome to be an overcomer by the word of the lamb, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so with that, I'm just going to testify a little bit this morning. Thank you, Keith, because you are all in my message. <laughs> Praise God, bragging on Jesus. So as Pastor Cindy said, I moved down here on a word from the Lord. You all, if you hadn't noticed, I'm African-American. And so Atlanta is the Mecca for every African American is their goal to move there. So when I moved here, everybody's like, why did you come to Florida? Atlanta has the land of opportunities. It's the land of king. It's the land where dreams come true. And as Marquita says, everything that glitters ain't gold. I moved there originally because of a ministry. I moved there because God said move there. And when I was never intending to leave there until God said leave. So I said, I came because God connected me to a ministry. Now what she said as she was sharing my testimony, once they found out, because the company I work for, you kind of know what people make when they come in on the first year, and they kept saying, you don't make enough to live in St. Pete. The housing market's out of control. The rent is out of control. Everything is out of control. And you know, they started to say, man, you you know, God is good, but you're expecting him to be great. I was like, oh no, you don't know. You don't know he is just that great. So then the prayer became, because I was, I was willing to commute. I commuted all the time in Atlanta. Don't have a problem with driving. I would have commuted to Orlando. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even trying to live in St. Pete because I was like, I hope they don't feel like I'm stalking them because I was like, I didn't even look for a job in St. Petersburg. It came to me. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, I moved to your city. I know the church is in Tarpon Springs. I was looking at Lando Lakes. I was looking at Dunny. I was like, but that's where God opened it up. That was Michelle and her natural mind. But God opened the door in St. Petersburg. So then once my coworkers, I have to, I have to preface it with this. My coworkers, I end up working in a place where I work. Um, well, I mean, we have, we serve five counties, but where I work physically in the building, 
it's all married guys. There wasn't another female in that building. And I was like, Lord, you put me around all these married men. And not only that, they have titles, bishop, minister, such and such. So, you know, I'm just trying to be respectful because at that point I'm just, they're like, who are you? Michelle Brown in ministry school attending the gathering. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's, that's it. That's all I am. I'm just daughter of the most high, you know, don't need the title. So it got a little bit intimidating because they were like, you know, yeah, you're not going to be in St. Petersburg. And as a matter of fact, one of them who makes a lot more money than me was like, I'm not even in St. Petersburg. Me and my wife would love to live in St. Petersburg, but we're in Wesley Chapel. We got to commute, you know, where I was like, okay. So I went back to my prayer time and I said, Lord, now we're coming against you. This is not just me. I don't want to just show to say me. I wanted to show them that I have a relationship with my God that moved me down here, gave me a place to stay that, you know, and I said, I will give you the glory and I will give you the praise because it wasn't their voice I was hearing. I was hearing the voice of the enemy. And so as they laughed and they made fun, and then, you know, God gave me the place to stay. And I said, at our church, we believe in Jeremiah 33.3. Call him to me and I will answer. Jeremiah 29.11. I know the plans and the thoughts that I have towards you to give you hope and a future and expect it in. And if God told me to move down here, he was going to give me a place to stay to his glory. So I get the place to stay. And I was like, boy, it was just like God said. I'm telling you, just like God said, and they were like, where is it? I said, I'm one street over from South Pasadena. No way. I'm 10 minutes from every beach and 10 minutes from my job. No way, Michelle. Yes way. Yes way. God did it. And it was a place that I didn't even want to look at. I'd already decided on something else because it was within walking distance of the beach. And the Lord was like, no, I've got something better. Not knowing a hurricane was coming down the line. <laughs> God knew. God knew. He put me exactly where he wanted me to be. And so, you know, got a pool in the backyard that I have access to. I mean, it's just, it's, it's everything that I desired and I wanted. And I gave him the praise and the glory, but that wasn't enough. That was not enough. We overcome by the blood of the what? And the word of our what? So then it was like, what church do you go to? You're in Tarpon Springs. Don't know any black bishops there. Don't know any black people. What's the name of the? So I was like, you know, it's called The Gathering. Didn't give them the website. Didn't want them to know. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I'm just like, I am very protective of one thing Atlanta taught me. You guys, all my life, I've been to a predominantly African-American church. So this is, you know, as being a member, this is the first experience. And so, you know, we learned, Marquita and I learned in, in Atlanta, just don't tell people what they don't need to know. We're originally from Indiana. You only know what I tell you. So it's just, that's just wisdom, wisdom, right? So they're like going through their catalogs of, you know, is anybody is. So finally, I made the mistake of saying we were shutting down for Christmas because uh, they kept inviting me to stuff. And I was like, well, I can come, you know, around the holidays. And because uh, our church shuts down for a couple weeks. And they said, you go to a white church? Black churches don't shut down for Christmas. You know? And I was like, first of all, <laughs> I go to a church that is about kingdom. It is about kingdom. I said, we are a multicultural church. We have Brazilians. We have African-Americans. We have Caucasians. Everybody is it's a multi-mix. And I said, and why you all are always throwing Dr. King in my face, which I love him. I was like, he said, on Sunday morning, it's the most segregated time in America. I said, so I'm living the dream because we have a multicultural congregation. 
situation where everybody is accepted and everybody is welcome. And so they were like, uh-huh. So then I became the joke of every day, the joke of every day. She said, oh, oh no, you know that. You at the white church. You know, you at the white Oh, Michelle, what time y'all get out? 12 o'clock? Yes, we do. Yeah, because you at the white church. You know, we stay. I was like, man, I've been in church till 6 o'clock. Morning service, afternoon service, get there at 3 a.m. Marquita thought I had a bed at the church, going to light heaters and cleaning up the church. Spent so much time there, more time there than I spent in my house. I said, and you know what? It wasn't because the Holy Spirit was moving. It's just because people didn't have other things to do. I don't need a club. I need the word. And I can make my own friends, whoever God connects me with. And if God keeps moving, we'll stay. But if he's not, she's going to say the benediction and we're out the door. And they were like, oh, okay. You know, so I was like, Lord, how do I? How do I, how do I combat this, Jesus? How do I combat this? And so the Lord was like, don't say anything else. Just listen. So every Monday we come in, because like I said, they're big people in their ministries and multiple ministries and in the city and at the, at the council meetings, giving the prayers in Tampa and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, so on Monday we come in and the Lord starts saying, you know, testify about what's happening at your church. So, you know, it's like, hey, how you doing? What's the weekend? You know, tell me all the thousand things that they did. And I was like, oh, yeah, we went to church, and this is what makes the difference, you all, and the brag on Jesus. Because everybody expects the leadership to have those types of testimonies. But when I start talking about uh, <laughs> Pastor Rifka, who's not here, she was headed to Walmart, but she went to Target, and God sent her to Target because he wanted her to pray with the woman that she had just met, a perfect stranger, about her dad having a stroke and giving somebody hope, or that insane person, even though she's not here this morning, that she formerly lived in a, an apartment facility and a package was delivered there, and nobody in the apartment admin would go knock on that door, so she had to drive 45 minutes, and when she gets there, she was like, oh, sorry to wake you up, and the woman says, no, I have this illness, and it was the exact illness that she had been healed from. Woman didn't have the package, but she was there to pray for her, and then she gets home. She has an email that says the package was delivered there, and the package comes three hours later because God wanted her to go and pray for that person. So I share the testimonies, the, the, the checks in the mail, the places to stay, the, the different things that people say, the unexpected checks in, an, money in an envelope, Heather talked about. I took off work to help at the conference, and then I said, Lord, I'm just going to sacrifice what I would have made working. I know you got me because we know God, God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then bam, there's an envelope with money. She was like, I want that. That oh man, <laughs> Heather and Eddie, you guys have no idea. I think the last time I heard it was $25,000 worth of debt that was canceled. So I go in and I'm talking about it every Monday morning. I'm using B with your knee surgery. I'm, I'm talking and talking. And then finally we get to January and Marquita says, you need to invite them to prophetic night. I'm, like, I'm not inviting them here to make fun of me every day. You know, <laughs> not inviting them here. And she's like, invite them to prophetic night. So then the question, I was like, well, Lord, if I'm going to invite them, somebody's got to ask something. So you all know my coworker, Ulysses, because <laughs> he's been here, right? So he says, hey, do y'all ever have services at different times during the week? It's like, oh, at the white church? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, so um, I was like, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I was like, yes. The first, I said, as a matter of fact, Marquita said to invite you the first Friday to prophetic night. What I did not know, he was going to bring my hairstylist and a co-worker of hers. And I think like four or five people prophesied to each one of them. 
and they were in tears after the service because it was so accurate. And when we got to the back door, I was like, kind of like the, see you, glad you all were blessed. And then, no, 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 Michelle, come eat with us. They were like, where did you find them? How do you know these people? Like, because when you've sat in a ministry for 20 or 30 years and you don't see the manifestation and you start blaming yourself, Lord, what am I not doing that these other people are doing? What, what, what's wrong? What am I not doing? No, I, like I said, we don't come here. You can come here and you can sit here and you can listen to everything everybody else and go, Lord, what about me? Or you can come here and you can listen. And, and if you really listen, you'll hear what they did. They took the word. So I remember at the beginning of the year when Pastor Cindy talked about capacity, enlarging our capacity, multiplication, fruit. And then she talked about fire. And I have one more person pray for me for fire. I'm like, I'm like Lord, I can't take it anymore. She said, I got the scream anointing going on up here. But um, I was like, yesterday I was somewhere. She was like, Michelle, I just hear fire. fire. I was like, of course you do. Of course you do. I'm on fire everywhere now. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the fire. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Lord, for the fire. But, you know, so so they came and they were blessed and then they keep coming back at different times because they're like, we don't, we don't, we don't get manifestation. We're like, we, you know, we throw up prayers for people, but we don't know, like, does God really hear us? And you, oh, oh, but you're bishop such and such and such and such. And then, and then another situation opened up and, and one of the people, you know, got a new job and all that, but he, he kept calling, like we have this group text thing. And he said, I need to talk to you, Minister Brown. And I was like, Minister Brown? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm no longer Michelle. He was like, yeah. And then somebody else on the group text was like, oh, really? You don't need to talk to me? He's like, no, no, no. She, there's something different. There's something different. When she prays, there's something different. And I said, you know why? Because I don't care what color people are. I was like, is it not 2023? It's just wherever God has placed you. So I'll take the warfare for being at a so-called white church, but I'm like, I'm living the dream because we are multicultural up in here. And it is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And if there were no brave, we wouldn't be like this because as you know, I heard them from Zambia, the UK calls what we did a rebellion. We call it a revolution, whatever you want to call it. God was in it because that declaration of independence and that constitution without those words being written and based on scripture, I wouldn't be here today. Marquita wouldn't be here today. Cassie wouldn't be here today worshiping with you. So regardless of what those individual men, whether they had slaves or not, whatever was going on, I see the good and I see how God has placed me somewhere to be a witness because now it's like, oh, I wish I could go Sunday, but I can't be there because I've got this, this, and that. I was like, no, 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 I'm not. We're never trying to take anyone from anyone else's church. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know, you got people. You got people. You know, but what I'm saying is you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. When you don't share, when you sit there and you're quiet, because there's a lot of people at a lot of places on Sunday morning, a lot of places. But when you walk in on Monday and go, yeah, I went to church and I went to the Rays game. What a great time. No, no, no. I went to church. And and Miss Donna testified to Miss Kathy, which now we know Brother Jeff, and they came in here on walkers and cast and all that, and they are exceeding what the doctor said. No, we get answers, answers. So you understand that we overcome. Does anybody want that new name? Does anybody want to be a pillar in the house of their God? Does anybody want to have authority over the nations, over nations? Because it's not about this life; it's about the next. So whatever your 
your persecution is, whatever it may be, because I try to hide out and I'm like, Lord, I'm not trying to bother anybody. I don't know. He's like, oh, no, no, no. You are going to cry loud for me. You are going to cry loud for Jesus because people need to know. So sometimes your job may be a place that you technically hate, but you are there for someone else and you wonder why. Why am I not getting the breakthrough? It's pride because you know what? When me and Marquita moved to Atlanta, we left everything, everything. And then I'm sitting there on the outreach and the gentleman, I even forgot about it because I just tried to block it out. But the gentleman that said he didn't need prayer and then he said he was diabetic and then all the food he chose was horrible for someone who was diabetic. And I was like, oh, he just said I have food restrictions, but he wants those chips and the hot chips and the Cheetos and the, you know, and all this stuff. I was like, you want some tuna? No, no, too healthy for me. You know, he's like, but I don't need prayer. But then he started to talk and he said, because we were just like, we're just, Lord, we're going to walk in love. We want to connect with people. We want to be family. And so, you know, he said, you know, I usually work every Saturday. You know, I know God told me to be here. He said, well, if you would pray for anything, I need a relationship with my son. And I said, wow. Holy Spirit says testify. And I'm like, Lord, no, this is close to me. And I don't want to talk about it. You all know, in the natural, I am a teacher. I teach children. I've always been like 24 years I taught in a classroom. It's always been a lot of single, single parent homes, a lot of children. And I get these, you know, letters later and see kids later. And they're like, you made such a difference and things like that. But you know, for those of us who teach, when you can't reach your own child, it's heartbreaking. I can reach everybody else's kid, but my own. And so I text and I say, hey, how you doing? Is everything good? I have to follow her on Facebook to find out what's going on. And it might be a week before she texts back, fine. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're good. <laughs> Call my parents. Hey, have you talked to Brittany? Have you, you know, so I start sharing with him. I said, you know what happened? I said, I went to this two-day intensive. And I thought I was there for something business-like. I said, but we, we became so close at Pastor Cindy's two-day intensive. It was a safe place that was vulnerable enough to open up and say, what I really want is a real relationship with my daughter. Less than a couple weeks later, I get a call. Marquita's 50th birthday. She sees I'm posting, we're going to Hawaii. She works for an airline. She can fly for free. Can I meet you there? Hey, not only can I meet you there, I can plan it out. Y'all need shirts? What y'all need? Never happened. My daughter just turned 35. Never happened. Has never happened. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. So when we say speak Jesus to your family for your family, that's not the only family member. And no, it's not perfect, but at least now we talk. And when she has a problem, guess what? She calls. When before, I just got to see on Facebook that she's like, I hate people. You know, and I'm like, babe, are you okay? You know, he's some antidepressant. He's talked to someone. You know, whatever. you know, but I'm being serious because there are things in all of our hearts that if we don't share. So I started sharing with him and I said you know what I called her and I apologized I said I'm sorry I'm not gonna win any mom of the year awards and I'm sorry for whatever you believe I failed you in I will hey I will be accountable I am sorry but can we move forward me nor your dad can go back and undo what's been done but can we move forward can we get past this I apologize forgive me forgive me if I if you felt like those children were more important than you forgive me and now and now because we prayed, we prayed, and I believed in the prayers. So anything that you may be facing, how one, one, just one way to overcome. 
overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony because you don't know. And so when I had told that man about it, I said, and then she called and now we, we talk and now when I text, it might be a half hour later or it's like, I'm working mom, I'll hit you back later unless it's important or whatever. That, that means more to me than any amount of money. It means more to me than anything that anybody could give me. But guess what? I had, to, I had to not only connect with where God told me to connect, I also had to obey. So when we say wage war with your prophecy, when we sit up here at prophetic night, I promise you, we are trying to hear the Lord on each and every person's behalf. And even after that, I'm praying for people behind the scenes. Why? Because it's important to us. We care. We're not coming off the top of our head like, uh, let's just say uh, you, you know, I, you know, any, mini, miny, mo, you know, you know, people in this ministry care. And we, and we love because we love Jesus and we want you to overcome and we want you to be able to testify and we want you to be able to say, hey, this is what happened and this is how God answered. And you really encouraged me during that time. So we understand because we all come from a different perspective. So how do we overcome by the blood of the what? And the word of our so be an overcomer. There are rewards for the overcomers. And everybody just stand up and give it up for Pastor Cindy Stewart because she's about to bring the word. Hallelujah. God bless. So good, wasn't it? Yes, that was so good. Glad she didn't have anything to say, right? <laughs> Glad she was brief, right? It's awesome. And it was anointed and it really, I mean, it really spoke to my heart. Um, because, you know, we all face opposition when we say yes to God. And sometimes the opposition around us is the ones that are the closest to us. And we're trying to figure out how to stay hidden to avoid the fiery darts that are coming at us. So if we just keep quiet, then maybe they'll just shut up. But as Michelle said, she, she couldn't keep quiet any longer. And once she uh, threw down the gauntlet of I'm bragging on Jesus today and every Monday morning, we're just going to talk about what he's done. It hushed the haters. It hushed those who thought they knew what was best for her. And um, obviously, you know, God had a plan and it was an awesome plan. So good. So good. So I'm going to talk a little bit. Uh, that was so good. It kind of wrecked me a little bit. And part part of the reason it wrecked me is because it really is talking about the season that we're in. God is saying, be bold and courageous. He is saying, you've got to believe me. You have got to believe me. And when I talk about God's collaboration, when we become born again, we become part of the collaborative team with God. We all know that God can do it without us, right? But we all know that he decided before the beginning of time that he was going to create a family that he was going to collaborate with to bring his kingdom on earth. And he decided that his family would continue to grow and grow and grow as his people rose up, testified to who he was, lived in what they called them to live, and stirred a hunger in the people around them for him. Because they can't figure out why the economy's not affecting you because you live in the kingdom economy. 
they can't figure out why you got a promotion. And let me just say, Michelle's old company told her she would never get past where she was in her position. When she left, they begged her to stay, told her they were planning a promotion for her. And even afterwards, they're like, can't you do something for us? And she's like, no, the ship has sailed. The ship has sailed. But, you know, it's so interesting that they sought after her once they saw what they lost. And God didn't allow her to stay there because he had a purpose, a hope, and a destiny for her. So we, we love you, and we're glad you're here. And we, we just are. But let me just go to John 14. That's where we're going to start. I have read John 14 over and over and over again. Sometimes God has you read stuff over and over and over again. And even though you've already read it yesterday and the day before and the day before, he's like, read it again, read it again, because I have something in there that you didn't see yesterday, but I'm going to show you today. And I have something for you tomorrow that you're not going to get today, but I'm going to show you tomorrow. And so as I was reading John 14, I'm going to read out the Passion Translation. I asked Noah to put it up in the Passion Translation for us. Um, but there's just a couple of things I want to talk about in this collaborative effort with God. Uh, verse 1 says, don't worry or surrender to your fear. Don't worry. Don't worry. I was telling somebody the other day, um, uh, my kids were all talking about doing their wills and, you know, if something happened, who would they leave the kids to? And I was like, we, us, we'll take them. And, and then this little, after my daughter left and everything, this little panic set in. And it was like, oh my gosh, what would I do if something happened to my kids, you know? And then I'm like, stop it. That is the sound of the world coming at me because Jesus says, don't worry, don't be afraid, don't ponder on things that might happen because I have a plan for you. Don't ponder on those things. So it took me just a minute. I was like, Lord, forgive me. But, um, you know, you're just. You just, anyhow, forget it. I'm not going to say anything else about that. But it, we've got to learn not to worry, not to be afraid, and surrender what is hindering us to the Lord. And sometimes we need someone else to just pray us through. Sometimes we can do it just, you know, okay, Lord, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to trust you to take care of me, just like she gave that testimony of Heather. She gave up work, which we did not realize. We would have never asked her to do that, to serve the conference. And she was like, God, I'm giving up my finances to serve. And God's like, I got an envelope of cash for you. But he didn't tell her that before she did it. He gave it to her. So don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't surrender to your fear. For you've believed in God. Now trust and believe in me also. God has taken us through this time of growing our faith. He's taken us to a time where he is almost uh, challenging us to believe, even though we can say all things are possible with God. I know that in my head, but God is challenging us to believe all things are possible in our hearts. All things are possible and that he will work 
all things out for the good for those who love him. All things. It's not, oh, you took care of this, but that's okay, God. I don't need this taken care of. No, it is all things. And when uh, Michelle was talking about contending, we have to contend for things. And I've been really praying into healing lately because I know there are many of us who need healing. I know that I have needed healing. I had an issue earlier and, and I just told God, I said, you are my doctor and I am coming after you to fix what's wrong with me. And I'm not saying don't ever go to the doctor, but I just, this is my thing. You are my doctor. I'm coming after you to fix what's wrong with me. And uh, a week went by, two weeks went by, you know, and then finally I was like, huh, it was fixed and I didn't even know it till I realized all of a sudden it was fixed. You know, sometimes he is working on it while we're in the process of it. And I actually made a list of all the things that he had healed me of. And some of them were instant and some of them took years. And then the suddenly came. And I feel like God is contending us I mean, uh, challenging us to have faith in him, to have faith in what he is saying that he will provide, even though we may not see it in this moment, because he will be good for his word. Uh, let's skip down. We're going to skip down to um, verse six. Jesus explains, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. You have seen him and experienced him. You know, when I was nine years old, I accepted Christ. And, but I knew Jesus as my Savior and I, my protector. I did not know Jesus as my friend. I did not know Jesus as really the only way. I just knew that I was saved. And the small context of what I knew was how I related to Jesus. And uh, there was a point in my time where I was just so frustrated with church. I was frustrated with what I didn't understand. I was frustrated because I didn't really read the Bible. And I expected to know Jesus because I went to church. I know you've never heard that thought process, but I, I, I was expected that I knew, would know Jesus by what was preached. And uh, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I am really about done. So you're going to have to show up or I'm going to give up. And uh, I'll do my part, you know, I'll, I'll read the word. I've got five whole minutes every morning and you laugh, but that is true. I had, I, you know, that's what I thought I had. I had five whole minutes every morning and it was like a flood. It was like, all you had to do was ask. And the suddenly of his presence, of the awareness of him, I began to have visions. I began to have dreams. I was like, I don't even know what this is. Well, I'm reading the Bible five whole minutes. Well, all of a sudden the word became like, I was starved. I was starving. And I would read the word and I'd be like, I know somewhere in here there's an index. Oh, vision. What is it? Oh, and I began to allow the word through the spirit to teach me. And yes, I still went to church and did all that kind of stuff. But what happened was God became alive. He began to show up in all the different avenues. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. I mean, all, you know, and I'm like, Whew, 
this is like a rushing wind, huh? You know, just trying to figure out how I could have gone all this time thinking I knew God, but realizing that I never gave him the opportunity to know me. I knew a, you know, a postcard God. Here's the summary. Jesus saves. You'll go to heaven. He forgives your sin. If you do something wrong, just tell him and it'll be okay. You know, I knew a postcard God. I had the, you know, five key points to being a Christian. And God is saying, that ain't going to work. It is not going to work. We need the whole word. We need to consume the whole word. We need to invite the spirit to teach us the whole word. We need to fellowship in the whole word. It's, it's, it's all God, all Jesus, all, all, all. There we go. There's the message right there. It's all, all, all. But when you think about it, we're trying to worship a God we don't know. And, and God is breaking through in a way that, that is, in, uh, we cannot actually comprehend what is happening. But as we seek him, we find him when we seek him with all of our heart. And then suddenly there is a level up for all of us in our relationship and our ability to communicate who he is and our ability to see things that we're just like, that's just weird, God, but thanks. I was sitting in my room the other day, and usually we, I sit in the dark. We sit in the dark until we get through with our worship time. I'm sitting there, and I'm just praying. I've got my iPod. I'm in my earbuds in listening. And I look out my window, and kind of up in the trees is this light. And you can see the trees kind of moving around. And I'm like, hey, what's going on there? That's not normally there. And he reminded me of 2 Samuel 5 of David when he's going up against the Philistines. And let's just turn there for a minute, and then we'll come back to John 14. Uh, where am I going? Second Samuel 5. I know the computer Bible's great, but I love my paper Bible. I love to feel it. I love to touch it. I love to hear the pages turn. Um, I write all in mine. So Second Samuel 5. And um, well, I'm at First Samuel. I knew that wasn't right. Okay, Second Samuel five. So the Philistines have heard that David's been anointed king, so they decide they're going to attack him. And I love this because um, David, in verse nineteen, it says, "So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand?'" And you don't have to go there, Noah, but in John 14, it says that if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. So David's collaborating with God. He's like, God, we've got an enemy. I'm king. All of a sudden, they want to attack me because I'm king. So what do you think I ought to do? God has an answer for our inquiry. He has an answer. He's going to give us the answer 
to the issue that we're having, whether it's an enemy attack against us, whether it's our children, whatever it is, he is going to give us an answer for that. And the Lord says to David, go up for I will doubtless, I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went up to Baal Perazim and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemy before me like a breakthrough of water. That's what's happening right now. There is a breakthrough of water that the Lord is doing for us. There is a flood of answers coming to us. There is an enemy that's getting washed away by the torrential rains of the Lord that makes him unable to stand up against us because the Lord has gone before us to destroy the works he has for uh, against us. The God is showing himself faithful to us. And he's inviting us to be part of this collaborative effort with him. He could have said, oh, David, just sit right there. I'll take care of everything. And there are places where he did, where he went before them, destroyed the enemy and came back and said, now you can go out. So every situation, David goes again to the Lord so David went to Bell Pearson, got everything, got taken care of. And then it goes to um, verse 21. Uh, let's go to verse 22. Then the Philistines went up once again and decide that they're going to deploy themselves against the valley of Rephraim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord again. He says, OK, Lord, here we go again. And the Lord said, you shall not go up, circle around behind them and come up. Um, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And it all, it all went that way. So David had two different issues with the same enemy and God gave him two different solutions. And when I was all kind of the lights and everything, the Lord was reminding me of the sound of the angelic army across the mulberry tree. So David would know when the signal was to go. And God is telling us we've got to keep our eyes and our ears open to even the most unusual occurrences because they are a sign for what he's about to do in response to the question we have asked him. And it may not be lined up. Okay, I asked him at 10.02, at 10.03, I expect the sound of the mulberry trees and then I'd like for you. No, it may not be all laid out the way we want it to, to lay out. We've got to yield ourselves to what he says he will do for us. And that is to provide every solution to the problems that we face. Every solution. So let's go back to John 14 for a minute. And we're going to go to verse 10. It says, don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father. He lives in me and performs his miracle of power through me. So our words need to be the words of the Father being birthed out of us to change the situation that is in front of us. 
You know, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. We have that same capacity because the triune God lives in us. So when something comes out of our mouth, it can come out of our mind or it can come out of our spirit. It can come out of union, out of collaboration with God, or it can come like Michelle said, oh, we're just going to pick you. Yeah, it looks like you're going to do good and God likes you. Okay, we're going to, there's your prophetic word for today. No, no, we are stirring up what is inside of us, which is a triune God. We are not winging it and hope he likes it. We are partnering and know that what comes out of us is in union, in collaboration to what the triune God is saying, because he lives in us and we are no longer our own, but we belong to the lamb. We are no longer able to function out of oneness with him. We function in oneness and wholeness with him. So it is not two independent sources. It is one source, God in us, that allows us to move and breathe and have our very being and to transform the world because of who we are and he lives in us. That's what Jesus did. He transformed every place he stepped because the father was with him. So he was able to connect at that level. And we are learning. We're learning to connect at that oneness level all the time. So instead of cursing, we bless. So instead of complaining, we praise. So instead of crying, we weep with rejoice in our heart because we know that God hears our tears and he will respond to our brokenness. Just as Jesus wept as Lazarus was dead because Mary's emotion just couldn't take it. Jesus knows our heart and we are learning to live and breathe out of the heart of God in us through the personality, the giftings, the anointings that he's given us for the moment that we're in. You know, I always thought it was the funniest thing when Lazarus was raised from the dead, that the Pharisees decided they were going to kill Lazarus. I'm like, that does not make sense. Because if he was already dead and in the grave for four days and raised from the dead, what makes them think that they can kill him again? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Their logic made no sense, even in the Torah that they believed. We make the world see the beauty and holiness of God that lives in us. Because we are the river of the Holy Spirit flowing over their lives. And so they are attracted and even switch from disrespect to respect because they see that you're able to manifest God in the flesh by being in their very presence. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, God amazes us that this is his whole thing. He's like, this is my thing. 
this is my anointing. I created people and they're my people and they're my family and they're my children and they're my kings and queens. I put them over territories. I give them things that are completely impossible. And, and as I partner with them, they tear down territories. They break down principalities. They destroy darkness. They heal the sick. They raise the dead. They cast out demons. Those are my people. Do you want to be my people? Come on, because there is more than enough of me for you. And the joy of being his people. And the joy for him to even care what we think. Care that we're like, God, we have a thought here. He's like, let's hear it. Bring it. Let's do this. Let's sort it out. Let's find the best way. God, I have a way that I'd like for you to do it. He's like, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, you know, God is so gracious and, and has made room enough for all of our things to filter through the power of the Holy Spirit and become one with him. Yeah. Become one with him. There's a couple other scriptures I want to read. Um, it's, we're back in John 14. So we, we're believing that Jesus is alive, that him and the Father and the Holy Spirit live in us. And verse 12 says, I tell you the timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith I follow Jesus in faith. I even wrote that down. I said, Jesus, this is my declaration. I follow you in faith. I follow you in faith. Believing in you. I believe in you, Jesus. I wrote it all down. I will do the same mighty miracles that you did, Jesus. Because that's what your word said. So I'm writing this down. It is a binding contract between you and I. It is a covenant. That your word is alive and true. And I'm reading it and I'm writing it down and I'm following it. And I know that because of you in me and I in you, that we are collaborating together on this. Amen. It is written. That's right. So not only will I say, will I do the same mighty miracles as you do, Jesus. But I will do even greater miracles than these because you are with the Father. Now, here is his promise to us, to me and you. I wrote this down too. Jesus is saying to us, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name. Whatever. Whatever means whatever. I looked it up. I looked it up because, you know, sometimes the words you think they mean in the English, you look them up and that's actually not what they mean. But I looked this up. I know what it means. And it's not whatever. It's like Jesus, whatever. Jesus didn't. He knew the slang was coming, but I don't think he signed off on it. I don't think he signed off on it. Whatever you ask, when you ask in my name, he will do it. Because this is how the son will show what the father is really like. This is how he displays and brings glory to the father. This is the way the father is glorified. By the manifestation 
of what we have asked for in the name of Jesus in prayer. That demonstrates who the Father is and displays his brilliant glory. That's good, isn't it? Now that is a good word. And lastly, in verse 21, it says, those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Who, and before that it says, love empowers you to obey my commands. So love just makes it easy. So whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my father. And I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. And verse 23 says, loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make our, make you, make you, I am their dwelling place. Now think about that. Think about this. There is a shift in my favor that the Lord my God has chosen to live in me and I in him and given me everything I need to manifest miracles, to release love, to bring salvation, to let the world know that the Father loves them the way he loves me. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's a good word, isn't it? Jesus is good, right? Let's stand. Let's stand. Jesus is good. And it's so simple. Jesus has invited us in to a love fest where we live out of love. Everything we do is out of love. Everything he has for us is out of his perfect love for us. His love is perfect. It is pure. It is holy. There is no darkness. There is no agenda other than beautiful, pure love for us. Jesus, we thank you for your pure love. And Lord, you know that there are things we have asked for. Uh, and we are asking in your name and your word says that you will do it so we can demonstrate the father and give him all the glory. So God, thank you that there is a flood of answers coming to us. There is healing coming to our bodies. There is uh uh, uh, salvation coming to our families, Lord. There is the wonder of who you are. Like I said, it's like a flood that has been released in this hour, Lord. And God, we thank you that the enemy's being swept away and the hearts are being pulled in. So Jesus, we give you all the glory. We give you all the glory, Father. We thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do. And we look forward to testifying testifying to who you are by the demonstrations that you have done through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.